Thank you for listening to the Power Shift Mindset. We'll be discussing techniques, concepts, and strategies to help you achieve the success and happiness you're looking for. Hey guys, it's Coach Jay, and this week I have Jen back with me again, and we are talking about priorities. Your priority list is going to be different than someone else's, but how do we choose what has the hierarchy in our schedule? Hey guys, it's Coach Jay, and as we shuffle the holiday schedule and everyone's running around, I have Jen back with me uh, for Shruti. And today we're talking about just how we set our priorities and what should be on the top of our list of things to do and what should be towards the bottom. And it's not the same for everyone. So you can't judge your list and compare it to other people's list because everyone's priorities are different. And Jen, what do you feel is the key way to set your priorities? Different priorities fall into place at different times. Sometimes I look at it as what I need to do for me. And sometimes I, I look at it as what I need to do for one, my physical health, or unfortunately every now and then, sometimes you have to look at it as what do I need to do for someone else? You know, it's, we, we can't always be about us. It would be great, but sometimes a priority is our child or our parent or, or our job. And we just have to look at to see what's going to be the best in all circumstances. Yeah, I definitely see where priorities can shift depending on the situation. And like you said, sometimes, I mean, I feel that our priority should be ourself first. And like you said, obviously there's times as a parent, we need to take care of our kids. As our parents become elder, there's times where we need to take care of them. And that could become the priority uh, again, what's what's more important, us going out for pizza with our friends or taking our parents to a doctor's appointment? So obviously that's more important, but what's more important, our physical health and our health or going to do something for someone else? If we're not strong enough, we would never be able to help others. But then again, when we're just talking about something recreational versus something important for them, that's going to shift the priorities. It is going to shift their priorities, but we also still have to take into consideration ourselves. If something important to them, for example, you know, uh, moving, if they were you know, moving to a new apartment or something like that, that's very important to them and they have a timeline that they need to, but you have a doctor's appointment or you have a, a prearranged meeting with someone else or heaven forbid you have a, an illness that comes in. Sometimes you, that your priority has to shift. If, if it's just a slight sniffle, is going and helping your friend move going to make that sniffle worse? Or is helping your friend move so that they can get what where they need to go, when they need to be there, better and worth a slightly longer sniffle? Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to take in everything into consideration when we're setting our priorities. Um, there's also things where... I mean, not necessarily dealing on priorities as an importance, but when we take of our, our list of things to do throughout the day and which, what should be first, what should come second. I mean, what, what makes sense to do this first versus that first. And I know all of us have our, our parents taught us this way, our grandparents taught us this way. So it's kind of ingrained in our head. Like I kind of always remember my mother saying, you clean the counters before you clean the floor. Cause why clean the floor? Cause then you're going to eventually just knock some dirt off the counter onto the floor and have to do the floor again. So it's one of those things. And that, that'll kind of like drive me nuts. If 
there's a, a mud spot on the floor and Maria goes nuts and she's mopping the floor before she even cleaned the counters. And it's like, why? You're just going to be doing the floor again. Just wait <laughs> to do it. And then there's things like that. Her grandmother showed her and did things in certain orders. And, and sometimes they might not make sense to us, but they make sense to others. And, and how do we deal with that when, I mean, those aren't necessarily a priority thing, but they're, we're prioritizing the order of which things can be done. And if we have different views on things, how do we manage working together and making sure everything gets done in the appropriate priority of order? I have seen many times the saying is if it doesn't, if it's not going to matter in five years, don't spend more than five minutes thinking about it. And I saw that quote recently. Yeah, it's actually really good, especially with, I mean, even taking into consideration your your story in reference to the counters and, and the floor. Is it really going to matter in five years whether or not the counter was wiped off first or the floor was mopped up first? Not really. You know, and that's how. You know, if if Maria, your wife is more comfortable doing it that way, maybe that's that what works best for her. You know, if I prefer, you know, doing laundry in a particular order, in color order, that way, um, if there's any lingering color left in the washing machine, I don't end up with pink on my whites or or anything like that. So I, I do a particular order, but is that really that that important? I mean, you could throw in a load of whites bleachable whites right after all the reds and, and be just fine that's not it may be a priority to me but it's not a necessity my my particular way of doing things is not necessarily the right way it's just the right way in my mind there's a million different ways to get to it there's a meme running out there that shows these two people standing at the <clears throat> excuse me out in the parking lot and there's a math problem in front of them and depending on how they're looking at it, it's a different answer and, or a different way of looking at the exact same problem. If they still come up with the same answer, that's, that's what it is, it's a different way. They still come up with the same answer, but whether it's four minus one equals three or two plus one equals three, it doesn't matter, they still got three. You still get to the same result. You just have to be willing to not always be the one in command and in charge sometimes. Right. No, I, I can definitely see that. I mean, there's, it's like that, that perspective aspect of things too. There's, there's a, another one I see the cartoon of two people on the train and they're, they're looking at the view. One guy's looking out the window on the right, which is looking at the face of a cliff. And the other guy's looking at the window on the left, which is looking out in the view of the landscape and all the mountains out in the distance and who has the prettier view yet they're on the same train ride. It's just a matter of which way you look at things. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's shift this into like re- relationship aspects and priorities. I, I know um, with, with my coaching, uh, obviously personal training is the, the main part of it, but there's, there's times where that life coaching blends into it. And I know in the case of a lot of new parents, um, it's always the year all of a sudden you have a child, this is new to you and you're, that's your priority. Everything revolves around that, but that could push some distance in between the couple and not intentionally, but just based on the schedule and busyness and running around and focused on that. And then they, we kind of forget that date night. So how do we throw something like that into the equation where we make sure we still have that date night? I mean, I, I've told people when, when they're starting to have issues, just 
put it in your head that date night is just going to cost $30 more or whatever the going rate of babysitting is these days. And just accept it that every, however long you do it, whether it's every other week or every third week, you know, you're going out on a date, you know, it's going to cost you an X amount more because you got to pay for a sitter. If you don't have family or friends that are going to volunteer their time and just realize that that's a priority. Otherwise, Again, it's not intentional, but you start to separate and then you're resenting each other because we, you didn't make each other that priority anymore. And how do we make sure we keep that connection? That, that is a difficult connection to keep, especially with uh, a, a first child, a firstborn. I, I myself only have one, so I can't say how it works with multiples. I, you know, I, I've heard that the second and third, they kind of just like, oh, well, here's another one. And once you have more kids than you do arms, it's no big deal because you can't carry everyone all at once anyways. But, <clears throat> excuse me, keeping that date night, keeping that breath, keeping that rest, I mean, the importance of rest. Sometimes sometimes rest is, is an active rest. It's, an, it's a rest for the parents away from the, away from the little one. The little one is great. It, they, it seems for a while, the smaller they are, the more demands and needs that they have. And the bigger the bag is, you have to carry around to make sure you have everything for them. But you still need that break. You need that moment to reset. You need that, that time to reconnect um, with, your, with your partner. If you're a single parent and you're trying to do it, you reconnect with your friends. You know, we, we all have that in the middle of a workout, when we go from one activity to the next, we still have that few minutes, couple minutes of breath, time to take a breath, catch our breath, bring our heart rate back into where a, a, a better spot for that particular moment between our next activity. Same thing with kids. If, you know, going from work to kid to bed to, to chores and everything like that, if we don't take a moment, we're, we're going to burn ourselves out drastically. And that moment can be an active moment, be it out with friends, be it out with your partner. Even if it's just a walk around the block with your partner, you, you need that time to remind yourself that you are you and not just little one's parent. Keep your own identity. In, in regards to how it changes after the, the second or third, and I stopped at two, my brother has four. Um, it, it definitely does become... I don't know if it's easier, but you understand. It's kind of like when, when your first child falls for the first time and you jump off the couch and you go and pick them up and you pick them up and realize, oh, there's nothing wrong. I mean, they bend more than we think they are. They can, they can <laughs> take a bigger bump. So it's like when the second one falls, it's like, come on, get up. You're fine. I mean, the first one, you, I mean, you, you had tears for a week because of their first little knot in the head. The second one, it's like, ah, brush it off, suck it up. And right, I mean, yeah. so it's the same type of thing where that first one, you're like reluctant to leave alone for the first time after the second one, it's like, all right, they've been home for 36 minutes and you're already ready to go out for dinner. <laughs> it, it's, so, it, I mean, it, it does become different. I think it's also the case of you went through that process of, okay, we haven't had our time and we, we got stressed because our, our first date after the, the, the first child was, I mean, three months in before we finally decided to do it. And you realized how much tension it put between someone where the second time around, it's like, we're not going to go that far. Let's do this after two weeks or three weeks or maybe a month instead of letting it go three months. So I, I think it's that live and learn aspect of, we know where to put those priorities. 
Yeah. And our kids are a priority, no matter how old they are. There, there are times, even if, you know, mom's on vacation and the, the kid calls because there's something going on that they need mom's ear for, you kind of put whatever you're doing on hold to, to take that call, to, to talk your kid through whatever the situation may be um, and still be the parent. But then you put yourself right back into the, the top position after your child is, is good and reconnect and give yourself your time. You don't cancel the vacation, you just kind of put a pause on it while you shift your priority and take care of your kid. So that's something that you've dealt with while on vacation. Yes, yes, my, my kid is my, my priority. And there, and there there are rules that, you know, she knows when, when mom's on vacation, leave mom alone, unless it is something that really needs mom. And, and, and I say, and, and I calls. say that jokingly, because when you've visited us, you've gotten a couple of those calls, but I see it on the flip side. When, when my kid's on, we'll call it vacation. When they're upstate New York or they, with my father, or they were down in uh, North Carolina with my mother for a week. It's like, they're supposed to be on vacation yet. They're still calling us to ask us questions. It's like, come on, <laughs> you're on vacation. Just stop, bother grandma and grandpa. Don't bother us. Right. I mean, it's, so, yeah, I, I know what that that's like. Uh, another thing with priorities, um, I know it with kids and all the activities that they have, uh, I was just explaining to a parent of a private archery student that when they eventually shift over and go into the class, that I have three classes on, on a Sunday morning. I have a nine o'clock and a 10 o'clock class, which are advertised. And then I teach a third class. Uh, and this is part of a Joad program, Junior Olympic Archery Development Program that I run at the club. That third class isn't advertised. It's kind of like an invite only. And it has nothing to do with how well the archer shoots, with how well the kids score, uh, whether they're really experienced or little experienced. It has to do with how much time and effort they're going to put into it. Are you going to go to these competitions? Are you going to go to indoor nationals, which for us is relatively local. It's an hour and a half away. I understand if like if someone lived in your area, the closest indoor nationals would be up in Salt Lake City at the Eastern Archery Center. So it's four hours away. So not every parent can or, or family can travel four hours away. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with that. It just has to do with are they going to put the time and effort in to be a competitive archer? And then with that said, so many of my archers in that, in that group do other things. And both of my kids play soccer. My older son plays music. I have girls that did ballet and dancing. I had a kid that competed in curling and he was a third degree black belt in karate. So they all had other activities and archery doesn't necessarily need to be their priority. And I have one girl that's not going to go to nationals because her state dance competition is the same weekend. So for her, her priority is dance and archery is secondary, but she still does go to some of these competitions and still does want to get better. Um, So it's things like that, especially when, when you're a coach of youth sports, you got to realize these kids are a lot of them are multiple athletes. And how can we punish them if the sport that you happen to coach is not their priority? And how do we, choose which activity is our priority and from a coaching standpoint or even a parental standpoint how do you dictate if at all which one is their priority 
I mean, I know my son's tossed it up where there was a possibility where his band concert and a large archery tournament were going to fall on the same night. And he was like going bonkers that he didn't know which one to pick. <laughs> well, when it comes to things along those lines, there's there's multiple things that you have to look at, especially if it's a school related, like the band thing doesn't affect the grade versus the archery may not affect an actual an actual grade for for school. That would be to me that would make the the band event a little higher priority because you don't want the lower grade that's educational the other thing as a coach well as a parent we have to try really hard to not push what we want our kid to do on our kid and it's difficult sometimes especially when if they were younger or you know you, you can see a particular potential in them you can see how good they would be at something but just because they're going to be good at it doesn't mean they want to do it and we can't push them to do something they don't want to do. I mean, none of us like to be told to do stuff that we don't want to do. And I mean, we'll drag our feet and him and haw and, and find 500 other things to do if we can get out of doing the one thing we don't want to do. And as a coach, as a parent, I see that we have to be willing to accept that our way is not always the only way. Oh, yeah, no, I definitely see that. Um, the tough thing is from a, a parent thing. Now, I have a, the tough situation of both parenting and coaching my kids at the same time. Uh, eventually, I think it'll get to the point where I'm going to push them over to someone else to do the coaching. Um, but so there's sometimes there's a balance where there was the frustration of, okay, when it was soccer season, you probably would have picked soccer instead of archery, but now it's banned. And are you going to pick archery over banned? And it's like, you can't, you can't kind of like pick and choose and do it different ways. I mean, there's got to be a little bit of a consistency. Um, sometimes it, it it's tough when you have so many activities, especially for, for kids, they, they, they don't want to let other people down. Now, obviously in a band, you're a member of a band. If you're on the soccer team, you're a member of the soccer team. Even though my archery team is a team, when you see them together supporting each other, it's an individual sport. So if you miss that tournament, it doesn't hurt anyone else that is at the tournament. Yet if he misses soccer, especially being the keeper, you're going to really hurt the team by not being there. Yeah, which is other things to take and you know to think about when you're trying to decide your priorities. What is most important to you, and what what's going to be the thing that gets put aside or second place or third place on your list of activities to do when you run out of time. We all run out of time. We never have enough time to do now, everything we want to do. Now everyone's seen the the quotes, and you see them worded slightly different. I mean, if it's important to you, we always find the time or we always make the time, depending on how you want to word it. And and it's true. We always find the time for what's important to us. And I I know of people, and and this is where social media gets really iffy and tricky and hard to balance because you'll see someone that says, oh, no, I don't have time. I'm busy. I don't have time. I'm busy. Yet every Friday night, they're out at the bar. So it's like, wait a minute, could you have skipped the night at the bar this Friday and, and had time for this, whatever else it might have been? Um, how do we how do we decide what is in, important to us? Like I said, the one thing that always gets me and, and you and I discussed it and I've seen many memes of it. And um, my thing is, if you can't find time to get together with me and let's go out for a pizza, 
don't bother burning one of your vacation days for my funeral. Plain and simple. If you can't see me when I'm alive, don't come see me in the box. And it's like one of those frustrating things. I understand everyone's busy, but I mean, my wife and I just went to a, a funeral the other day. And, and this is a friend that we see when the Portuguese festivals come around. Her, her husband was a coach in the league that I coached in. So he's, he's a good friend of mine. Uh, we see them when we can. Um, but it's a case of we've all done it. We've all gone into work late to attend a funeral or, or missed a family dinner to go to a wake at night. Everyone does it. But at the same time, you ever look back and see how many times you turned down an invitation for that same person and, and then realize and I had opportunities to see them and it wasn't worth me missing that dinner or missing that game or missing whatever I would have had to miss in order to see them. But this, as soon as someone passes away, it's like everyone makes time. And why is that, that that moment we're willing to, to sacrifice our time to go and pay our respects as it's usually referred to. Yet we couldn't sacrifice our time to actually see them in person. And this is one that hits me hard a lot because it's frustrating when you, when you hear the no's all the time, but then, you know, the day you're gone, they're going to, they're going to be one of the people in line. Yeah, it, it, it is difficult. It's, we also may think of it as, well, we always have, we have all the time in the world. We can get together next time, or we are worried of what someone else might think of, you know, we tell no to, you know, Billy Bob over here because Sally Joe over here wants us, wants us to have dinner. And we always tell Sally Joe no, and Billy Bob has, you know, wanted us and then we've had the standing. I mean, there, there's just so many different aspects looking at it. But yeah, I agree. I agree completely. If you don't have time to see me where I can joke and laugh and hug you, then, you know, I can't hug you while I'm, I'm laying there or in an urn. I, I just, to, to me, hugs are, are so super important and that is a priority. Let me, let me be where I can give you a hug and not just a tear dropping on your face. Well, you, you said that we always have an opportunity next week. So, okay, if I miss this time, I'll see you next week. Now, with that said, I mean, I had an eye-opening experience back in March. Um, I've mentioned it many times on the podcast. I, I had a stent put in. I am the healthy one of the bunch. I'm the healthiest in the family. I'm the only one that doesn't wear glasses. I have one white filling in my mouth. I have no medical history until March. This past March is when my me medical history started. I mean, I went to cardiac rehab for the first day. The nurse comes. So I checked your, your history and this is it. This is literally your medical history. It started today. Uh, I had a 99.9% .9 blockage. Who knows? I could have lifted one more thing at work before I decided to go home. When I said, uh, something's wrong, I got to go. Let me just lift this one more heavy object. I could have been found behind the machine. Done. And you shared with us on the podcast a while back on uh, the Dealing with Adversity episode how you have type 1 diabetes. Mm -hmm. And while you were here, you hit a low that you went down below 50. And now while it's not going to be an instantaneous thing, you, if you stuck, got stuck there, and you know there's that possibility that if you get stuck, that could be the last time you're around. So when we sit here and say, eh, I'll go next week, none of us are guaranteed that next week will be there. 
So why do we always say, eh, I'll do it next time. And, and this was like a, a really eye-opening thing to me where, and I, I, I made the change with my job, which gave me no time. I and mean, my first big trip was to go and visit you. And I remember sitting at that picnic table and looking across and it hit me emotionally a lot harder than I expected it to. And as much as I was excited to visit you, I was excited to go hiking in a different environment, hiking the Red Rock, going to Zion. Part of it was just because I can. I literally had the opportunity to make this trip where the job I was at was extremely restrictive with the lack of PTO and, and vacation time that I actually had the opportunity to do this. And it just made me realize that we can't always say, I'll do it next week. We can always make money next week. And again, provided we're here, but when you have that opportunity to do something, sometimes next week might not come. And I think we need to, to think about that more often. And, and, and to me, friendships and time with people are on top of the priority. Uh, I just had a, a memory shared on Facebook today that had to do with that, with visiting friends and spending time with friends. And, uh, and one is actually one about uh, kids and another coach that had said that you really can't spend much time with your kids or really interact with them until they're about five or six years old. And then when they're 15, 16 years old, for the most part, they rather spend time with their friends than with mom and dad. So you got a 10 year block, make that 10 years count. And that's one that stuck with me where that was my priority for those 10 years. And my older son's on the tail end of it at 16, my younger son's 13. I'm making those 10 years count. I mean, I'm making it to their games when I can. I'm, I'm coaching them when I can. I'm doing tournaments and trips with them when I can, because you never know when next week that opportunity might not be there yeah we we no one has ever guaranteed or promised the ne another day that that's a, a given that's that's a promise you know no one's promised that it be an extra day but we always hope that there's an extra one and sometimes <clears throat> that if if we want to go and see and do i know i've run into this situation with myself I, I've been invited to places. I've wanted people to come over. I've had, you know, dinner plans or pizza plans or things like that. And I will be so overwhelmed with so many things and so many people that I want to see that it, it's too much for me. And I'm not taking care of myself well enough. Yes, it's a priority to spend the time with my family and with my friends. But sometimes you have to hope that you do have another week. That way you can take care of yourself. Well, we touched on that last week on, on last week's episode where we talked about holiday traditions, but then we also touched on that with all the holiday traditions and commotion and friends and invites that go out there that we can't beat ourselves up if we can't make everyone. So yeah, there's going to be times when you can't do every invite that comes to you, um, but just kind of, kind of be conscious when there's that one that reaches out to you often and it's no after no after reason after reason after excuse after excuse because and i'd say you'd probably have three or four reasons in a row and then after that they probably become excuses i mean if you start if I mean, eight consecutive invites all of a sudden you had to say no and, and again social media makes it that much more difficult when we're all posting that we're out at this restaurant or out at that game or out doing this or out doing that. Yet we told 
someone that, no, I don't have any time. It, it's kind of tough to justify it. That's where we kind of step on our own toes with social media sometimes. Yes. Um, yeah. And it, it gets to be that way. You know, keep in mind with, if you are always saying no to someone, they're eventually going to stop asking. You know, one of the ways I put it is you can only have it reach your hand out for so long, inviting someone to you before your arm gets tired and you drop it. And you're like, all right, you know how to find me. And that's taking care of ourselves. That's making our own mental and emotional health a priority, as well as, you know, our friends. Well, I've, I've done that as well, where, like you said, you, you asked, you ask and hear no, and, and we're just going blunt with it ask for something you hear no or you just don't get what you're looking for you eventually stop asking and like i kind of explained to, to someone recently that if you intentionally hit me in the bat hit, hit me in the head with a bat or you accidentally hit me in the head with a bat it still hurts mm -hmm. and i i might understand that oh it was an accident and i'm not mad but I still have a cracked skull. I still have, need stitches. I still have a concussion. It still hurts, even though I understand it. And so there's times when, yes, I understand you're busy. I understand that, but it still hurts. So you know what? I'm just going to stay away from that bat and just not get hit again and not ask anymore. Um, so, so it is tough sometimes. And then and in some cases you will lose connections. Um, but and I, I really think priorities i mean first off your own your own health is number one and, and like you said that emotional health of of being I mean, it's a little aggressive to say turn down but in some cases that's what it feels like whether that's and you talk about the love languages you got to talk in the language that you understand not necessarily what the other person speaks and to me the perception is being turned down i know it might not be meant that way but if you hear no you were turned down. So it, it still hurts, even though you might know why. Eventually, you stop reaching out, you stop asking, and you have to protect your own mental and emotional health. Mm -hmm. Even if it's with our kids. And then uh, I know I've been, I've been helping you with, with working out and, and writing your training programs, your exercise pro programs. How have you worked that into your schedule and made that a priority? I, I know you've you've worked out in the past. You you did the half marathon where you trained for, so it's not like you're a complete unknown to exercising. But like most people, you you do you do the yo-yo. You 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 exercise for a while and then you stop. You exercise for a while and then you stop. I mean, it's like everyone does the yo-yo diet or whatever we want to call it. Um, so how has how have you mentally made that a priority where you have been I mean, consistent? I was going to say fairly consistent, but you've been I mean, very consistent with it. Take a, a trip and traveling and, and stuff like that out of the equation. You've been consistent with it. What, what finally made you turn that corner or the, the proverbial flip the switch to make that a priority? actually acknowledging and realizing how good I felt after the fact, after my workout. We want to think that, oh, I don't need a workout. It's just a, it's just an old wives tale that, you know, the endorphins after a workout is great, you know, 
the we've all heard the story the, the term runner's high you know they have that that adrenaline and that endorphin high after a race after running it's true i've i've had it trust me but i'm i can be stubborn and we all can be stubborn we we all want to think what that what we're doing is is the best and that not necessarily and no one can tell us what we should and shouldn't be doing and that they don't know what's better for me they don't know how my life is but with this with the particular workouts i i've acknowledged and um you've even you've asked me hey how do you feel not necessarily just physically after the workout but how do you feel emotionally after your workout how how's the rest of your day go and the more that i have acknowledged that the more that i've paid attention to that i like that feeling and i will keep going for that we all want that happy and that good feeling in our in our day in our life what however it is however long it is and if that means i give a 45 minute priority in the mornings three four days a week then that's important to me 45 minutes is nothing I, I know people who can take a 45 minute shower or sit on the toilet for 45 minutes with their phone scrolling. Let's let's turn on your favorite music and do a 45 minute workout or a 30 minute workout even. It's 30 minutes is, it's such a small portion of the day that has made my day so much better throughout. And I feel it when I don't. Even recently, I mean, you said with travel and everything involved, not being able to work out. Yeah, I, I've had two travels in the last, month one i was not able to get a workout in and one i got two in and it felt better after the workouts and that's part of that is that snowball effect where <clears throat> everyone wants instant gratification i mean we talk about social media and we have instant everything instant messaging emails instant and instant delivery with amazon everything is instant nowadays and some people expect to do that one 30 minute workout and become Mr. Universe and it doesn't work that way. So if you I mean, go through it and you stay consistent for, I, I'd say roughly a month, I think they say, what is it? 27 days to make a, something a habit. 20, yeah. 27, 28 days. Yeah. And uh, so once, once you get through that first month, that's when you really start to feel it. And, and kind of like you said, you realize how much better you feel with it. And, and just going through it and, and it helps you in, in every way. And like I said, your own health has to be a priority and physically, mentally, emotionally, and, and definitely working out can contribute to all three of them. And there, there's so many ways to, to set those priorities. And like I said, you start the day with something like that. And if it requires you to get up half an hour earlier, I, I think the benefit at the end is definitely going to be that much and that much more value than in that that half an hour where you probably just hit snooze anyways i mean how many people hit snooze <laughs> twice and if your snooze is set for I mean, eight minutes or 10 minutes i mean you just snoozed for 15 to 20 minutes use that 15 to 20 minutes to to get that workout in yeah and physical health outside of a workout is also a priority I've traveled recently. I've gotten the proverbial uh, traveler's head cold. I'm not sure if you know you can hear it in my voice. I'm trying really. Have, I, I have all sorts of stuff in me: extra vitamin C and tea and and everything to, to feel better. But today was supposed to have been a, a really good workout, 
And I physically was not feeling it. Mentally, I needed it, but there was no way I was gonna be able to do my, my full workout that I had listed. So I did very little here at home, but I still moved. I still did something. It took like 15 minutes and was a lot smaller and a lot shorter, but I still did it, still did something. Was I more winded and, and tired afterwards? Yeah. Anymore, I probably would have been, you know, had a four hour nap, but I feel good that I actually still did it and didn't skip it. Well, you, you just use the word skip and and I share it all the time. Anyone that asks about when they hear that I have this podcast, uh, the episode I usually share is number seven. And for those of you that haven't heard it, it's the importance of rest. And rest is extremely important. I take it to in music. The notation that indicates to rest is just as important to that note, notation to indicate a note that needs to be played. The song we all sang in elementary school, bingo about the dog when you get around to that second time we're supposed to clap on one which is just technically a placeholder for that rest if someone sang there you'd screw up the song because that rest was important it's also psychologically important to understand that it's rest and not skipping so psychologically to do that 10 15 minute workout even though it was a fraction of what you did it was probably 10 percent of the workout that you did psychologically, you are not beating yourself up for skipping. And yes, you understand rest, but this would have been three days of rest. And even if you were trying to be kind to yourself, we, we worked out on Monday. We didn't work out on Tuesday. We didn't work out on Wednesday. Now, now it's, it's hard for you psychologically to justify, okay, two days of rest is okay. So to go through it and just do that 10% psychologically, it's important. And, and that's prioritizing that mental health and making sure that you back on track. And then, and tomorrow you can either get into that full workout again, if you're feeling up to it or do another light one and then get back on track Saturday. Mm -hmm. And as long as you listen to your body and my body told me, no, I would have given it the more rest, but my body's like, okay, take it easy, but let's see what we can do. And, and that's what I did. Couldn't do much, but I also wasn't just sitting there either. Yeah. So I mean, prioritizing things and, and putting those I mean, things in order of what, what is important to you. Remember everyone's is different. Uh, like I say, coming from a coaching standpoint for some of my archers, archery is number one for others. Dancing was one or soccer was one and archery becomes second or maybe even third on the list. And we can't pick and choose what other people's priorities are. Um, we have to also protect ourselves. Like we said, mentioning uh, trying to get together with friends or, or family and we get that repeated no, or I'm too busy and make your own mental health and emotional health a priority and, and maybe not extend the invite to them, wait for them to approach you when they're ready. Um, but it, it, it is hard to, put those priorities in order and, and always and be happy with the results. It's always going to be jumbled around and, and shifted. And, and remember, again, your, your priority list is not going to necessarily be the same as someone else's and, and do what's best for you for your health mentally, physically, and emotionally. And 
hopefully moving forward, you'll be able to get that list in an order that makes your life as happy and, and healthy as possible. Yeah. And we just need to remember to respect others' priorities list as well. We, we want ours to be the way we want it. They want theirs to be the way they want it. And we need to respect each other in that aspect. Well, Jen, thanks for covering again for Shruti this week. And My pleasure. Hope you, guys, hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next week. Shift Mindset Podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While the suggestions, strategies, and practices we have given have been proven successful for our personal use as well as clients we have worked with, these recommendations should not supersede instructions given by any licensed professionals, including but not limited to your primary care physician and mental health professionals. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today for the PowerShift Mindset Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at The PowerShift Mindset and also visit thepowershiftmindset.com. Thanks again for listening to The PowerShift Mindset.